You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Bears fans, as you know, sports betting season is in full force right now which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. Plus, BetUS gives you plenty of options in addition to betting on the NFL. You can bet on, bet on college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You can cash in on that 125 sign-up bonus by going to BetUS.com using the code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up-to-date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's going on, Bears fans? This is Chicago Audible Podcast, live here from Soldier Field to recap, Mason, uh, another loss. We had the one week over the Detroit Lions, but they're back. The Bears are back on what they usually have been doing, and that's losing, and another blowout loss here, Mason. Um, You know, we're going to try to keep this one short because there really wasn't a lot to talk about from this game, but initial reactions from this 33-22 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. If anything, I would say it's a – more of a conversation maybe for a Cardinals podcast in terms of uh, why it was only a 33 to 22 uh, victory on their end, uh, considering they were handed very early two interceptions, uh, you know, very short field position. And then you flip it back to the bears. I mean, they were able to get the run game going a good amount, but obviously the pass game was lacking to, to say the least. Um, And again, the defense has just been kind of what it's been middle of the road. Hasn't been atrocious. Hasn't been good. It's just they just kind of hang around. They, they hung around, yeah, I guess that's a good way of putting it. And then you look at this, like you said, 
And, you know, we'll just start off with my, my opening segment here. Um, when you start a game off where the Arizona Cardinals are scoring touchdowns and your first two drives end up in interceptions to a team that came in with the best record in football, you can't expect to win many football games, especially given how the Bears have played. And then this caliber of opponent at home, you're really putting yourself in a disadvantage right from the very beginning. So the Bears had to crawl back from that deficit, and obviously they never could really do that. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game and why it ended up. And like you said, it was only 33. It could have been far worse if, um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals maybe had capitalized a little bit better, but still a dominating victory on their end. Is there a stat of the game, Mason, that kind of you kind of stands out from this one? So and a lot of times, you know, I'll go to – Things like third down percentage, which again wasn't good in this game. You can go to like stats, you know, the passes, yards, yards per play, all that. I'm not going to go that route. For me, it's actually more something more specific. 13 minutes, 31 seconds. That's when Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney got his second catch of the mm-hmm. game, left in the uh, third quarter, I believe, believe it was. Not very good um, for your wide receiver one for this game in particular to get his second catch of the game. Should have happened substantially earlier, but. Again, the passing game was a little off, a little decreased accuracy on Dalton's part. Uh, the rain factored in, of course. Cole Komet's uh, bobble of the ball is certainly an indica- indicator of that. Uh, but if it wasn't for David Montgomery, this game would have been significantly worse. No doubt about it. And, you know, I think maybe that, like, when you look at Will, his monster moment of the game, it could have been several of them going really for the Arizona Cardinals' favor. But, you know, I look at the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown right in the very beginning. That's where he beat Jalen Johnson. He's shadowing on that side of the game. And obviously, that's very early on. It's the first score of the game. But I think from there, you just knew, hey, look, the Bears, that was that was a, arguably one of the Bears' best, you know, secondary, arguably the best Bears secondary player. He gets beat on a, in a really good ball from Kyler Murray on a fourth down play. And then you, you, you see this, that the one, the Cardinals did not fear the Bears defense, and they went for it, obviously capitalizing, went up that first score. But there, there's obviously several other plays that could could be a monster moment, but going in the Arizona Cardinals' favor. Um, just to kind of move over now from the first quarter into the second quarter of the show, just got to tell you about our, our partnership with Owen. If you're like me and Mason, you like to work on stay active and after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins. That's why we drink Owen, which stands for only what you need. And all of Owen's products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their Pro Elite Chocolate Protein Shake, which has 35 grams of protein. And we first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who the Bears definitely could have used in this one today. Um, and he is someone who follows a plant-based diet. You can get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowen.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use that code TCA20 to join myself, Mason, the Chicago Audible, Justin Fields, on all using Owen, only what you need. So now going to the second quarter of the show, Mason, this is where we're going to talk about that Bears offense, one where Andy Dalton threw four interceptions in this game. I think that's where we need to start this conversation mm-hmm. is, is a quarterback. And you actually said on our preview show, you know, you had your segment where you talked, you gave a bunch of different stats of quarterbacks, right? And it's like, hold on on the Andy Dalton hype train for people who want to see him play. 
I mean, I, they couldn't have worked out any better than what you saw in this game and how he played, right? I mean, you would think so. And it's funny because if you go and you look at uh, Benjamin Albright, who is a beat reporter for the Broncos, he has been consistently on the Justin Fields isn't that great and that Andy Dalton should be starting train. And even after a performance like this, he's still on it, saying that Andy Dalton moved the ball better than Justin Fields would. The picks were rough, uh, but that's something you have to live with. And it's like, it's really not something that you should have to live with. And it's something that a veteran QB should be better with. You know, now some of them are not his fault. The Cole Komet pass could have been a little more accurate, but Cole Komet should have had that, right? But the first one was behind Jakeem Grant. Um, You should throw an interception on a screen pass. There are things like that that are, you know, very important. And this game could have had a significant momentum shift if those first two specifically interceptions hadn't happened. Now at the stage that the bears are currently in, right. And I keep saying this over and over again, it's all about, well, what's the progress of the young players, but it's hard to see progress of the young players when yes, I understand it's raining, it's gross out, but you're skipping, you know, third down conversion passes to Darnell Mooney and it's, you know, bouncing four feet in front of them. You know, I, he gets no growth from that. Cole Komet doesn't get growth from inaccurate passes. Jakeem Grant, who may or may not be with this team for you know for the foreseeable future, who knows what that's going to look like for someone like him. I mean, he's looked good in spurts, but even that pass that was behind him, he can't see growth and progression if that ball isn't accurate. And so Andy Dalton hurt the Bears today. No, no doubt about it. And you mentioned a really good point. Like there were just some of the passes that Andy Dalton had where his receivers didn't have really an opportunity to make that catch. They were being skipped into – you know, the ground and, you know, there was one of Demir Bird as well towards um, the sideline close to us near the press box where you're not giving these wide receivers an opportunity. And then the decision making on top of that is where you look at where you thought Andy Dolan would be better. And there were some plays where there was a hot route um, that he hit David Montgomery in the flag. He saw Buda Baker was blitzing off the left, the left tackle there makes a good play there. But for a guy that's been in the league as long as he has, and like you said, Mason, that some of those interceptions, you can't, it's not Andy Dalton's fault, but the first one, Jakeem Grant, where you put your team in a hole early on, that's completely on you. That's a routine pass you're supposed to make to a wide receiver who's running a drag on just hit him in stride as opposed to trying to hit him or having the pass behind him. So little things that obviously hurt the Bears and quarterback play hurt the Bears in this one. So, um, And there was – Matt Nagy was talking in his press conference before we had to go live that there was a headset issue. They had to go – through a walkie-talkie, Bill Lazor to Nagy, Nagy to Dalton, and Dalton, you know, obviously those play, a lot of those plays didn't work. So um, miscommunication, and it seemed like, I don't know, Mason, just it, there was a focus to run the ball early on, but then it kind of seemed like obviously the Bears had to go a little bit pass-happy, but was, was Matt Nagy calling the plays in this one? And, and, you know, was that just a long excuse where the headset goes out to – Maybe it is him, maybe it isn't, but it's an interesting conversation, Mason. Um, other than quarterback talk, uh, I think we got to talk about David Montgomery a little oh, bit yeah, here absolutely. because he was he was the Bears' offense. No, oh, literally, I was. I think I said on a couple different tweets, jokingly, like you know, the Chicago Montgomerys have now scored. <laughs> you know, the Chicago Montgomerys marching on the field, and that's because it more or less is what it was. He had 21 carries for 90 yards uh, and rushing touchdown one of them got taken away by a penalty mm-hmm. i was kind of frustrated that they didn't go back to him honestly reward your guy um but then he also had eight catches for 51 yards so and that longest was 12 yards which is actually pretty great because he hasn't been heavily used in the passing game by any stretch of the imagination and 
we at the end of the day, you really just want him at that 20 to 25 touches mark, however he gets there. And it was nice to see at times like him get the ball in some open space and flats and seeing what he could do to operate there. Now on his end, I would like him to be a little more decisive with some of his cuts. There, I think there was a little too much dancing sometimes. You know, he would squeak out an extra yard or two versus, well, if you had just put your foot in the ground, gone north to south, you could have gotten an extra you know, three to four, four to five yards um, instead of getting that home run. So, but this is nitpicking. I mean, Dave Montgomery did everything he could. If you go to that next level, talk about Kill Herbert, he came in, got a couple of carries, which were fantastic. You know, just seeing him actually get some of the use. And I hope that whoever is coaching the Bears ultimately knows how to use two running backs at the same time. And we talked about that, actually. You even go back, you know, Nagy's first year here where there there were multiple running backs there in place where you had Jordan Howard, Ben Cunningham, and, you know, just different combinations of guys. But it always seems like somebody gets left out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of still the case here where, yes, David Montgomery, you know, should have done all the carries that he did today, and he did very well. But Khalil Herbert should still be some somewhat of a focal or not a focal point, but incorporated yeah, involved. In, in this, involved in this offense, right? So I think that's something for whoever's next um, going to be coaching the Bears to really figure that out. Um, before we kind of talk about the pass catching targets for the for the Bears today, because there wasn't, like you said, Darnell Mooney took a while to get involved in this one. Looking at the offensive line today, we saw Tevin Jenkins before the game. He was getting, you know, he got a rep there with the starting offense at left left tackle. Then Jason Pierce has kind of worked in there. Obviously, you didn't see the Bears' second-round draft pick in this one. But I wanted to highlight Sam Mustafer because, Mason, it just seemed like throughout the entirety of the game, and, yes, the weather conditions were not ideal. But this is a team that does play outdoors, and they were able – that plays outdoors consistently right here at Soldier Field. But Sam Mustafer, man, those snaps – consistently being rolled or like not make it into Andy Dolan, or if the bears are in the wildcat with David Montgomery, they wouldn't get there. So that's a problem. And look, Sam Musfer hasn't played really good football this entire season, to be completely honest, but yeah, that, that was definitely an issue. Um, anything on the offensive line, Mason, that you kind of want to talk about here? Uh, well, just staying on both the points you really did one with Tevin Jenkins, like talk about a tease. Cause you know, I got here <laughs> around nine 30 this morning, saw the line warming up without their pads on. And it was, the, the cluster of, you know, Mustafa was off to the side doing some of his own center of work. But then you had Cody Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins, James Daniels, and Larry Borum all working together. And it was like, I'm pretty sure I never see Jason Peters out here this early. So I think that this is just nothing. Who cares? And then they went back in, came out uh, again out of the tunnel when they were padded up. And again, like the first couple of the practice, like reps, which really is just going against air. Um, you saw Tevin Jenkins in there. But then at the same time, it was because Jason Peters had kind of waved to him. Like, hey, you go ahead. I think I'm, I'm fixing my head strap and my chin strap and everything. And then you did finally see when they were actually going more of like going through plays at the beginning and during the warmups, like that Jason Peters was in there. I believe... I could be wrong, but I think Tim Jenkins only got one snap on special teams. It was on a, a field okay. goal unit. There might have been more that I missed him on, but I really thought you would have snuck him in a couple of plays as like a swing tackle or something of that nature. Unfortunately, the Bears opted not to do that. It could also simply just be that, hey, they wanted to activate him and make sure he was activated because you know Monday was the last day that they could do it. So even if he's just there as the backup lineman, as the you know, seventh, eighth guy, I guess, in that rotation right now, you have him as an option in those final weeks of the season versus if they didn't do it, then you just would have lost him the whole year. You would have, you know what I would have liked to have seen now that I kind of reflect back on this game, the very first play on offense, they win that soup, that jumbo package. There's one wide receiver, throw it out one running players. back. Yeah. Why not put him out there just to, you, obviously it's 
you're going to run the ball. There's no, everybody knows it. Just why not put him out there? Again, this is a lost season. The Bears are what now, four and eight. I don't know, just things that I think could have been ways to incorporate him there. Um, also, there was another illegal man downfield. Oh, I think yeah. that was Larry Borum, right? That illegal means, snap? I've never heard of that one. Oh, yeah. So offensive line doing its thing for the Bears and equating to the dysfunction that's always been consistently here for the Bears uh, on offense. Um, to kind of go to the pass catchers now, Cole Komet had, you know, was coming off a game against Detroit where the tight end – or, well, the tight ends were being utilized a little bit more. And then you have this game where he has a ball, hit him in the hands, deflects up, I think, what was it, Buda Baker's interceptions for 70-something plus yards, gets flagged for a holding penalty, and then, what, down with two minutes left in the game, has catch the ball over the middle of the field, and then we say, well, what, where was that at? So just, I think, a little inconsistent, but out of the pass catchers, Mason, uh, whether it's wide receivers, and we know David Montgomery was involved in this one more than he had been really in any game that I've seen. Um, did anybody stand out for better or worse, or is there anything really to, to kind of talk about here with these Bears pass catchers? They were down, obviously, Marquise Goodwin and Allen Robinson for this game, but anything to highlight here? I just think for the most part, it was the perfect storm of bad things going on in terms of the weather not being able to make it easy. Yeah. Um, the receivers got anti-dead and it's got very little to no separation, which made it harder for Dalton to complete the passes. But then again, Dalton wasn't all that accurate today. Uh, it was a rough day for Jimmy Graham, for sure. And I think the truth of Jimmy Graham is going to ultimately lie somewhere in the middle um, of ultimately what he is. You know, yes, he was the first tight end, I believe, off the board in 2020. But if you look at a lot of the other tight ends in that draft class, it's not like any of them are. It wasn't a situation with Adam Shaheen and George Kittle, where the Bears reached for Adam Shaheen, you know, a little Gronk, and passed on a George Kittle along with every other team that passed on George Kittle. And then you can be like, oh, if only. Uh, as, as of right now, there's really no one else in that draft class tight end-wise, and you needed a tight end. You really That mm-hmm. stands out. You didn't trade up for him. You didn't do anything crazy. You just picked a, someone who's been okay. And so he's not as bad as some people make him out to be like he was a, it was a waste of traffic. And I think we can also accept that he's not going to be Travis Kelsey. He's not going to be George Kittle. Uh, he's going to just be, and even maybe not even Kyle Rudolph, you know, at this point in time. But if we even think back to Kyle Rudolph and what he did in the heyday of, you know, his run with the Vikings, he wasn't jumping off the statue. He just was someone that was consistently there when needed to be there. I would say for the most part, Cole Komet has had more of those in games recently can there when he needed to be there and less of the, what we saw today, which were some of the mental errors, the drop pass, things of that nature. So he needs to be better for sure, but it's somewhere in the middle. And then in terms of the rest of the pass catchers, I mean, what do you expect? You're missing your first receiver, Alan Robinson, your third receiver, Marcus Goodwin, Rodney Adams drops his <laughs> only target, which is a real bummer. You know, Rodney Adams season ended before it really started. Uh, Demir Bird was, relevant he showed at times he showed up uh, more often than i think we expected him to based on the early season jakeem grant got a touchdown which was nice to see he's kind of it seems like the weapon that Nagy wanted Tariq cohen ultimately to be uh but never was really truly in there so you're you're working with with, with some people who would probably who would not be on a team at this point let's be real like there those are not your the starters on most teams no they aren't and you know you're going up against an arizona defense that was it's pretty good against, you know, the pass and, you know, the Bears had to get creative to even create some plays, right? It was a, was it a direct snap to Montgomery back to Dalton, Dalton to Jakeem Grant and, 
you know, you're having to do that. They actually went to uh, something that they had done early on in Matt Nagy for 2018 season, those little pick plays in the end zone where Jimmy Graham caught his touchdown. So kind of going back to, I think, what he's what he knows, what he's comfortable with in a way. But really, um, the Bears still obviously didn't, didn't do enough in this game to really put themselves in a position to be successful on offense. Um, I do want to also talk about one last thing here before we you know, beat the dead horse on this Bears offense that really isn't much of anything. But it was a fourth down and two play. I believe they were on their own 49-yard line where the Bears, what they end up doing, they, what, they, they go to the line of scrimmage attempting to go for it and then just take the delay of game. And, you know, at this point in the season at now, now four and eight, it's like, why not go for it? You're, you're down. Um, I think you were down 21 to seven at, at that point, or it was, it was you're, you're down by more than two scores or two scores or more. And you decide to punt the ball. You know, there's a collective just booing afterwards from, you know, the fans here at soldier field. And I think it was justified because, what, what do you have to lose at this point? Um, especially because you, you need to generate some offense. You essentially just wasted that opportunity. But I think that's just who, who Matt Nagy now is. Not that guy that was, you know, quote-unquote aggressive his first season, creative. And now that's why the Bears are where they are. Um, Mason, any, any last thoughts on the Bears offense before we kind of talk about this defense? No, I don't want to talk anymore about this offense. Good. No, neither do I. So before we go into the third quarter of our show and talk about Chicago Bears defense, give up 33 points, uh, we are accepting donations again through Venmo. Uh, Mason and I will be at Lambeau Field next Sunday night. <laughs> It'll be a cool experience, but we I think we know where that game's going to end up at. So you can send us a donation to help pay for, for those expenses, gas, food, whatever it may be. Um, our Venmo is at the Chicago Audible. You should see my name, the Chicago Audible logo. And if you're someone who uses Twitter, you can go on the Chicago Audible Twitter. should be a little um, money icon or even on my Twitter as well. all gets redirected to the Chicago Audible. So we are taking donations to anything that you guys can give would be appreciated so we can go cover that game in Lambeau Field. Um, all right, let's talk about this Bears defense, Mason. Um, you know, they were put in some bad situations with those turnovers, those interceptions from, from Andy Dalton, especially early on in this game. Um, again, are there any main takeaways for you about this Bears defense or any players in particular that you kind of want to highlight here? Oh, man, uh, I think the conversation – kind of starts and stops with Rokon Smith sure, when yeah. it comes to this. There are some other things you can filter in there, of course, but really with Rokon, how he's able to gut it out. Um, I saw him on the field this early this morning, you know, running, doing, it was, you know, just basically a 50 yard sprint and it didn't look all that clean to be quite honest. It didn't look like he was at hundred percent. And I was very surprised that he was able to go um, and that he was able to play as much as he did and that he was as effective as he was. And it just shows who, Rolkon Smith is like him and a D of Montgomery are cut from similar cloths where they just work hard. They, all they do is ball out and it doesn't matter, you know? So the rehab and recovery now, this next week's golf is going to be really important trying to head over to Lambeau, but uh, man, he just, he still did what he, he needed to do. And then you, you know, the, the Jalen Johnson conversation is interesting. I like the fact that we have a corner that will shadow the best player. Now, yes, DeAndre Hopkins was hobbled a bit. Um, Jalen Johnson did give up that long touchdown, but he stuck with it. And DeAndre Hopkins 
whether he was hurt or not, didn't really do a lot the rest of the game after that touchdown. And whether or not the Cardinals even needed him to do is obviously another part of the conversation. Um, but the, that was even something that the Bears had when they were good, right? They just had two corners, stay, stay over to your sides, and just, just deal with it. It's cool that you could have someone that's say, go get their best receiver. Um, there, and then outside of that, the rest of it is just kind of okay. You know, Artie Burns did fine nothing great, but that finds Eric Crawford had a rough day. Uh, the defensive line was not very dominant, zero sacks. And then Eddie Jackson, at one point, we, we talked about this a little bit. It was in like the third quarter, I believe. He starts chirping over to the Cardinals sideline, which yeah. it literally was basically the Cassius Marsh play again, where, and it, this thing, it didn't even do anything good in that play. He just kind of was there, starts walking towards the, the Cardinals sideline and then starts backing away, hitting his chest, you know, their arms flailing around and everything like that. And it's like, one of my biggest issues when it comes to that taunting stuff is, so why is that not a top the Cassius Marsh was? Obviously, the eyes, all eyes were on Cassius Marsh because he just had a sack. But A, if you're Eddie Jackson, be smart. Come on. Like, this just happened to your team not that long ago. And B, if you're the NFL, be consistent. What like Because now we don't know what the heck is and isn't a penalty. No, yeah. it's a, And you won't see that. Like, I don't think you're going to see that in the TV broadcast. You're probably not going to see that in all 22 if you can make that work. But, you know, but that was a play where it looks really identical. And again, the inconsistency from the NFL calling what is a, you know, personal or, you know, throwing a flag for taunting is that it's a question in itself. Um, I do want to talk about real quickly um, the Bears and that you, you talked about it, Mason, a little bit like the pass rush, but the ability. It's tough. Kyler Murray's a really good player, but to contain. And there was a couple of times where he's running outside the pocket. And, and there was one, his first touchdown run, it was a nine-yard run, where it kind of looked like Jalen Johnson didn't want to, I guess, close the distance and attempt to hit Murray because maybe for a, a foul or a penalty for, for trying to, to hit the quarterback. But I think it's just a weird spot for for defenders to be in to try and defend these quarterbacks who can run and whether or not they're going to slide and if they're going to, you know, end up in the end zone like Kyler Murray did because Jalen Johnson didn't go to make that attempt, scores a touchdown. But there were also a couple of times where, you know, Murray also got outside on the right edge and was able to score a touchdown. So Bears obviously got to be better there, but I, they just didn't have a consistent pass rush. The only time that the Cardinals were really stopping themselves were, what, fumbles that were happening because it, it was wet outside – the conditions were not ideal, but that was really how the, the, the Cardinals offense was stopping themselves. Other than that, there wasn't much that the Bears defense can do to kind of mitigate um, just damage. And again, 33 points, it should have been more, but still the uh, Bears defense couldn't get takeaways. So that's obviously not a recipe for success and, you know, gave up touchdowns off the Bears offensive turnovers. So you know, if you have that combination, that's why it ends up being 33 to 22. And like I said, it should have been worse. Um, I guess looking at this Bears defense, Mason, anything else in terms of players, in terms of scheme or anything that's like that we need to talk about here and now, because now the Bears obviously go next Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense, uh, not a very good or not a very good um, situation for this Bears defense to be in. Yeah. So I think for the most part, we can agree Matt Nagy will not be here next year. It would be yeah. insane if that happened. So knowing that, these next this next series of games is going to be very important for Sean Desai because he is auditioning 
not just for potentially, hey, can you get kept on as the defensive coordinator with whoever does come in to be the head coach, but also for other teams who might also be looking for defensive coordinators or things of that nature. If I am a head coach, a GM somewhere, and I'm looking at what the Bears have been putting out on the field, yes, I understand you don't have a lot of your top-tier talent. You don't have a Khalil Mack. You know, you had Eddie Jackson that was hurt for a while. All those things. But I'm also not sitting there saying I I really want or need Sean Desai as my defensive coordinator right now. You gave up. Yes, it's the Arizona Cardinals, but you still gave up 33 points to them. You know, uh, you're, you haven't been generating turnovers. And a game nowadays that's so much about turnover and we're such an important thing like I, I was just watching the hard knocks with the uh, uh with the colts mm-hmm. right and they were talking about darius Leonard and how he is perfecting the peanut punch uh and doing it so so well i don't really see that on the field i don't see that second third person ripping away at the ball uh, you don't see the extra effort from an eddie jackson to cover that last five yards and get the interception just just things like that so not just the players but for someone like a sean desai rest of these next games throughout the season are going to be so so important no that's a really good point because actually you were we were talking about like um kind of going back a little bit to the offense like if john d filippo if he's a guy that's you know if he's able to survive and make it to the next coaching regime like and i i was saying like i don't i don't even know like for for guys to keep or not to keep in terms of coaches here I, i really don't have a preference because i'm just I think it's a clean sweep may just be the best thing for, for this organization top to bottom, but we know that's not going to really play out the way that it should, but it is going to be an interesting couple of weeks for, for Sean Desai, his defense and how he's going to scheme things against some of the good offenses that are still going to come up with the rest of his season and play. But yeah, when you give up 33 to the Cardinals and it's, it's obviously not a, not boding well for his favor. And again, he is missing some playmakers on that side of the ball. All right, Mason, we'll go to the fourth quarter of the show. Usually do a quick hit on special teams. There wasn't really much. Not that, I mean, Khalil Herbert still continues to get the kick return opportunities. So that's a little bit different from seeing uh, Jakeem Grant back there. We had a roughing the kicker penalty. I know I wrote past her on a tweet that I had, but the very next play, that was the Andy Dalton interception. So I remember tweeting that out saying, how can they capitalize on this interception? All right. Well, that, that was short-lived. Um, anything else on special teams to note? I don't even. One of the few positives I would say regarding the Bears is that I haven't felt the need to throw out the hashtag Bears special teams okay. just because there haven't been a lot of penalties and poor choices. Um I'm still someone who is very pro Jakeem Grant in terms of the aggressiveness that we've seen out of him to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times where he needs to reel it in, but my guess would be the reason that Cole Herbert's back there is just because they're so uh, thin at wide receiver, sure. right? Jakeem Grant's yeah. just running more routes uh, than Herbert is getting carries. Just a mathematical thing there. Probably the reason as to why they had that shift more so than they prefer one or the other there specifically. So it'd be interesting, you know, if, let's just say for the sake of argument, Allen Robinson and Marcus Goodwin were back next week and Grant is not a part of that offense. Would he just end up back as the kick returner? Uh, my, I would think so, but who, who knows? Uh, we saw, we haven't really seen too much out of Herbert this game because the Cardinals kept kicking it out of the end zone. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm just kind of looking at the, the overall stats here. You, I mean, look at them. 
Total plays, Bears 71, Cardinals 51. Total yards, 329 for the Bears, Cardinals 257. Passing, 217 for the Bears, 120 for the Cardinals. Everything's in favor of the Bears, except for the rushing, 137. But, yeah, penalties, the Cardinals had more penalties, 8 for 63. Bears had 6 for 45. Time of possession, the Bears dominated the time of possession, 34 minutes to 25, and then the turnovers. And that's where it, games are won and lost. Bears had four, Cardinals had zero. So, Mason, I mean, I don't know if there's if there's any reason to really talk about this game any longer than we have. And we said we keep it short, and look, we're only at 30 minutes. So I'm happy that we're, we're kind of sticking to what we said here, but – uh, let's give our MVP real quick and then we'll close out two minute warning and call this show a show. So you have an MVP for this game? Oh, Dave Montgomery. Uh, he, again, if he was not as a part of the offense and yes, we know Phil Herbert stepped in admirably when Montgomery was out. So you could say, well, maybe Herbert could have replaced him or done the same amount, but at the same time, there's no fully replacing a Montgomery, you know, like the couple of the extra yards he gets and some of that extra tenacity, what he brings as the pass catcher out of the backfield. We saw that with the eight receptions today. It's just something that while Herbert is awesome and you know me, I'm one of like, you know, number one fan club kind of killer <laughs> Herbert, you know, at the end of the day, Montgomery is the Chicago bears. He is. And I have to second that uh, without David Montgomery, I wonder how ugly this game really gets. You know, I, I know I tweeted when it was 21, seven, like people go do do other stuff with your day. Like, there's no reason to watch this game anymore. So, David Montgomery, I think, continues to show how valuable he is to his Bears offense because he is the offense and how he's able to make yards when he has no business doing so, when the blocks aren't there, how he's able to fight through and just make people miss, just fight through tackles. And we saw more from him as a pass catcher, which I think he's definitely capable of being more part of that that part of the, the Bears offense, but easily the MVP. Um, now we'll kind of switch over to – our two-minute warning here, Mason, and, you know, I'll let you kick this off. What do you have to wrap up our thoughts of what we what we saw here today? So I'm going to split my two minutes in half. First half is going to be specifically about the Bears and the game. Um, oh man, there's not a lot to hang your hats on. I do think that this game highlighted why, again, Andy, the people who are saying, hey, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, it's not just about, hey, let's wrap Justin Fields up in bubble wrap because, you know, Justin isn't ready to do this, that, or the other but it's also about the growth of the players around him. And I don't know that having Andy Dalton in there is ultimately helping the growth of those other players. Yes, he might be able to get through his progressions a little quicker right now because he recognizes more defenses. He should. He's been in the league longer. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if he's shorting passes to Darnell Mooney, if he's not able to get it, and even though, yes, Cole Komet should come down with certain passes, if he's not able to get it on the mark with that, you know, if he's – arguably even checking into the wrong play, things of that nature. Is he ultimately helping the whole of the team? And at the end of the day, the more reps the young players get with other young players, like a Justin Fields, the less you have to worry about that in the summer and everything of that nature. Now, second part, uh, because we did just see a bunch of college football games yesterday, right? And uh, Nick, your Iowa Hawkeyes got decimated uh, by the Michigan Wolverines. I just want to put my two cents out there if I am not a Jim Harbaugh fan. <laughs> at all i want nothing to do with jim harbaugh i don't care what he did with the 49ers not a big fan of it so we can we'll get into more into the coach staff stuff later but as of right now not a fan of him just saw that in the chat wanted to put it out there yeah i know that's been a huge topic conversation too whether or not um you know jim harbaugh is the next candidate who knows but uh yeah i won't even go into 
that realm yet because there's going to be plenty of talk for who to speculate for the next Bears head coach. I'll just say this. The Cardinals came in today with the best record football. Sorry about that interruption, you guys, uh, who are, or you, people who are watching it. Um, the, Bear, the Cardinals came in with the best record in football, and you knew this was going to be a very tough game for the Bears to, to even be in it. And you kind of saw the discrepancy of who the Bears are and who the Cardinals are and why they're in the situation that they're in. So now moving forward, you have a primetime game against your arch rival that it's not even a rivalry anymore. The Packers, it's very one-sided. I want to see what's left in this team in terms of confidence. You had one win against the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving, who just won their first game of the year against the Minnesota Vikings. Kudos to the Lions for doing that finally. Um, but this is going to be interesting because the Bears have never fired a coach mid in season. We all know that. But if you you get embarrassed against the Green Bay Packers, and then after this, man, I, I think there there could be an opportunity, especially with the new rule that, you know, the, obviously Mason's talked about it here. Uh, yeah, we talked about it here last time the Bears had lost against the Ravens, That's right? The addition to the Rooney rule. So if you have a head coaching vacancy, you are allowed to do a – Zoom, whatever, uh, interview with individuals in the last two weeks of the season. And, you know, the whole reason as to why that it's the Rooney rule is questionable. But essentially, you should take advantage of that as an organization. And especially if you have someone you want to interview that's going to be in the playoffs and making a long run, you know, you if you can have that conversation with them and even say, hey, look, we, we would like you to be our head coach once your season ends, that's a huge advantage. And if you don't do that, every other team that does do it is going to get that advantage. Exactly. And, you know, the other question that you also have to think about if you're a Bears fan is like, are the Bears even going to make the right, I guess, decision who to talk to? Because it seems like they that's one part of the equation, obviously. And obviously the, the coaching job has to be available. But I think next week's game against the, the Green Bay Packers could be one. If it gets ugly, who knows what can happen afterwards. But that's where I want to leave it because there's no reason to talk about what just happened here at Soldier Field. And, you know, we were kind of talking about it throughout the, the game, Mason's like there wasn't as much fire naggy chance or booze, but look, it was cold, rainy. It was a crappy game. Like people just wanted to get out of here. And that's, that's what's part of this problem is that people don't, I don't know if people really want to even be here anymore, especially with given how the bears are playing, what the product is on the field, the situation that the, the current state of the team is like, it's, you know, it's hard to, to get people here now, which is, which is sad to see because Bears games used to be so much fun when they were competitive. And now that that's just not the case really anymore. So um, I'll leave it at that. But until then, bear down Chicago. Bear down.